Hi, beautiful fam. I hope you are loving season three of CCP. That is Ceremony Circle Podcast for anybody new here. And I'm your host, Shaman, and the author of the best-selling animal power book and deck, Allison Charles. And in this new episode, we are joined by Melissa Ambrosini. She is such a beautiful light in this world and also the best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl, Open Wide, and Comparisonitis. And she has also been named a self-help guru by Elle Magazine. Melissa is also the host of the number one rated podcast, The Melissa Ambrosini Show, where I have made an appearance, and she shares her wisdom and interviews the biggest thought leaders and experts in the world. But today, Melissa is here, right here on Ceremony Circle Podcast to vulnerably and powerfully share about an area of life that is at the forefront. I'm talking the ultimate forefront for me and my husband, Luke making a baby. And more specifically, Melissa is generously sharing a bit about the whole ride. I'm talking from conscious conception to pregnancy, to birth, to postpartum and conscious parenting. Now, some of the many, many details we dive into today how to have a conscious conception. There can be so much confusion around this and how to prepare your body for pregnancy, how to have a blissful pregnancy, how to come up with your dream birth plan and bring together your dream birth team, what the sacred 40 days are after you give birth, and so much more. Perhaps most importantly, because there is obviously infinite amounts of empowering wisdom that can be shared in all of these categories. Melissa and I talked today about her brand new live program called Holy Mama. And that program happens to launch today. And it features live training sessions and Q&A calls all hosted by Melissa, where you'll hear her personal insights and you can personally ask her your burning questions. You will also receive never before seen interviews with world-class pregnancy and birthing experts, the kinds of people whose names appear on best-selling books who no longer offer one-on-one consultations, including one of my favorites, Dr. Cleopatra. You can learn at home, go at your own pace, and have ongoing access for the life of this Holy Mama program. It's basically the ultimate guide to conception, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and parenting. And you can access all of that information at alisoncharles.com slash holymama. And be sure to explore it at that link. Again, it's alisoncharles.com, A-L-Y-S-O-N, alisoncharles.com slash holymama, W-H-O-L-Y-M-A-M-A, alisoncharles.com slash holymama, because if you partake in the program that way, I will also send you some free guided shamanic journeys. All right, let's go, fam. There is a lot to cover today about the ultimate conscious guide to a healthy, happy pregnancy, birth, and beyond with best-selling author Melissa Ambrosini. Thank you for joining me on Ceremony Circle Beauty. So happy to have you. I am so excited to be here. Any time spent with you is such 
a pleasure. You are so sweet. Well, I had such a great time on your show, which is the Melissa Ambrosini show. We covered so much ground there. We talked about inner child healing and power animals and conscious coupling and all the good stuff I love to talk about. And then today I am so excited because we're going to venture into a big portal of life that some say yes to, not everybody, but it's a portal of life that Luke and I have recently said yes to. And yet we haven't fully ventured through the portal like you and Nick have. So I want to dive into everything around conscious conception, pregnancy, empowered birthing, and then obviously postpartum. Does that sound good? Oh, let's get going. Okay. I know. (laughs) We have a lot to cover. And so because I've known of you for quite a while, I obviously know about you and Nick. And for anyone new to the show, new to Melissa, Nick is Melissa's husband. And you and I have chatted about our own individual journeys into arriving into sacred union. But what I want to know for you two, because when you got together with Nick, he already had a son, right? Yes. And so you were instantly became a stepmom, which I've never experienced, but I'm sure that holds a lot of medicine and a lot of teachings and expansion in it. So I guess my first question for you is what was you and Nick's journey like arriving to your yes together as a couple for you having your own child? Like, was that an easy instant yes, or you had to work to the yes? I love this question. Oh, it's so good. So we got together in November 2013. And we had known each other for about three years before that, but he was in a three-year relationship and I was in a two-year relationship. And we'd met each other and I'd always thought that he was a good catch. But then I just knew he was in a relationship, so I never allowed myself to think anything more of that. And then it just so happened that we had finished our contracts with those partners and we'd had a lot of growth and a lot of upgrading. And we found ourselves both at this time single and we got together and it was instant. You know our story. We got engaged after two weeks and we got married five and a half months later. So when I got with him in November 2013, before that, I had always said, I don't want to get married. I don't want to have kids. Like I don't believe in marriage. And I truly believe that that was because I was not with my one. Uh So I had convinced myself and told myself this story that I don't believe in marriage. And so actually when we did get engaged and got married, my ex-partner before was so perplexed. Like he did actually say to me, I thought you didn't believe in it. I really wanted to say to him, yeah, me too. But then I met my one and he, he was a bit perplexed, but he got it. You know, he really understood and he's a beautiful man. And so we got together and instantly it was connection. Same as like you and Luke, like you just know. And I knew I wanted to marry him and I knew I wanted to have his babies straight away. However, I knew that that time for us wasn't then. I was building my business. I was writing books. I was traveling around the world doing speaking. I was releasing programs and it wasn't like a full body yes. Like I knew one day but it just wasn't then. 
However, because I knew that one day we were going to, I started my conscious conception journey, November, 2013. Mm. I went and saw my first naturopath on this journey. I'd seen naturopaths before, but I went and got all the blood tests done. And I started prepping and priming my body Uh all those years ago. I then read every single book I could get my hands on, on those topics, conscious conception, pregnancy, empowered birthing, conscious parenting. I went to every workshop and seminar. Then I started my podcast and I got to interview the world's best experts. And selfishly, I just picked the ones that I wanted to learn from. That's one of the beautiful things about having a big podcast. I just go, okay, I want to interview you and talk to you. And it's so amazing that we have that. And so I interviewed the best of the best and continued on my journey. I just knew that one day we were going to arrive at that place Mm. where it was a full body, yes. And then it was October 2018. I woke up one morning, I turned to Nick and I said, I'm ready. And he was like, what? I was like, I'm ready. I feel it. Literally overnight, that maternal switch was flicked on inside me. And we had this conversation and he was excited, but we decided that we'll wait until January. We were still cleansing and doing all of the body conscious conception prep, which we can talk about. And so October, November, December, we were cleansing, we were priming our bodies and our mind. And then January, we started. And I truly thought that we would get pregnant straight away. You know how some people have fears around that? Like, am I too old? Have I left it too late? A lot of people have society's fears projected onto them. I never had that. I truly thought I am so healthy. Surely this is going to happen for me the first time. And it didn't. Mm. And I was so shocked. I was so perplexed. And then we tried again the next time, the next month, and it didn't again. And then the next month, and it didn't again. And I began to live my life in these two-week increments. So waiting to either find out whether I was pregnant or not, and then the disappointment from that, and then waiting to ovulate to go again. And that went on for 18 months. Wow. Okay. I am tracking everything you're saying. And you are, of course, are answering like 10 different questions that I had in here and one. So I'm like, okay, remember this, remember that. So firstly, what stands out to me is the power and the richness and the unexpectedness and unexpected miracles, even though sometimes the miracles come in these ways that aren't the easy easiest maybe initially to process. But once you say yes, once you get clear that you do want to go into this parenting pregnancy portal, classic example, like you, you said yes. And even though it wasn't the time, because you both got clear on the yes, instantly this whole world begins to open up. And that's what happened for Luke and I as well. And I'm so glad that you took us on that journey because I was curious for you. And that's why I started with that yes question, because I wanted to know if like Luke and I, you began to get naturally ushered into all of these layers and steps and guidance 
senses, it was astounding to me that just from simply getting into that clarity, just how much information and downloads started to come in. And so I want to eventually track back to some of those more conscious conception body prepping steps that you took. I want to see if you did any that Luke and I did. But while we're on this 18-month unexpected journey to conceiving, I'd like to stay in this area and just hear from you. Where did that take you? Did that unexpected 18 months take you through a journey of trusting, not trusting, surrendering, not surrendering, or did it only take you on a trajectory of only trusting more and more and more? Or what was that like emotionally and spiritually? A roller coaster of emotions. And I get emotional just even thinking about it because it was one of the most challenging things I have ever been through in my life. It is up there because when your heart is yearning to be a mother and it's not happening each month, it was like my heart was ripped out of my chest and stomped on. And I wasn't sharing this with my online community and I wasn't really sharing it with many people. My husband knew, obviously, and then like my practitioners knew. So my holistic doctor, my acupuncturist, like all of my doctors and support network, the Cairo, the all of those beautiful support people that I had in place, they knew. And maybe like one or two friends, I can't even remember, but our parents didn't even know. So I was going through this journey internally that was stretching me to my edges and ripping apart everything that I had believed and forcing me to up level in so many ways. And I was doing it internally and it was very, very challenging. And I'm so glad I went through that because it has made me the mother that I am today. How so? I love motherhood, love it so much. It is such a beautiful gift. It has brought me so much joy. It brings me so much joy. I love motherhood so much. And I know for some people, that's not the case. You know, a lot of people, they subscribe to it's hard. I need my black drink, my coffee to get me going in the morning. And then I need my red drink, the wine to help me in the night. There's memes about this stuff. There's memes about how hard it is and how challenging it is. And and yes, there are stretching moments. Don't get me wrong. And I'm not exempt from the teething. Definitely not, for example. But everything that I experience with her and with parenting is coated with the most delicious chocolatey gratitude, you know? Mm -hmm. So the nights where you're up multiple times, there's this deep gratitude that I'm here because it took so long to get there. I'm just grateful that I'm here. And I wouldn't have done this internal work that I was forced to do during that 18 months. I faced my darkest 
demons and shadows. And I also did a lot of inner child healing work during that time. I did a lot of red thread lineage healing Mm -hmm. in that time as well. So I wouldn't have gone through that if I didn't have that experience. I wouldn't have upgraded in that way. So yes, it was very challenging and it's made me who I am. That makes total sense. And thank you for your honesty and transparency with all of that. Do you have the perspective that, do you share your daughter's name publicly? Like, can we say, okay. So she's so sweet. It makes me smile to even think of her, the pictures you've sent. Oh my goodness. I hope to meet her one day, but your daughter's name is Bambi. It's so cute. Do you feel that, and I'm asking this because I, in my journey and conceiving, I've had some really otherworldly experiences with the soul of the child that I'm very aware of. Do you feel that Bambi on a soul level was playing any sort of role in, you know, whether it was her specifically or just your big yes to becoming a mom, did that begin to orchestrate these dynamics of leading you into these places and teachings? Like, do you think that she knew exactly what you needed to be the optimal mama and to expand in the ways that would be best for you in this period of growth in your life. And she knew the exact point of incarnation that would be the right timing for her and you. And it was all just a part of this divine web of timing. A hundred percent. And I was talking to her that entire 18 months and also during pregnancy. I was communicating with her. I've shared an amazing book with you that it was life-changing for me called Spirit Babies. And in November 2013, when Nick and I got together, we were both meditating one day and we felt her energy. We knew it was a girl. We knew she was coming, like she was the first one, a girl. And we both said her name, Bam. No one said it before the other person. We both said it at the same time. Wow. And she was like, I'm coming, but not yet, but like I'm coming. And so that whole time from 2013, we would be like, when Bambi's here, we always spoke like that. When Bambi's here or um, when we have Bambi, blah, blah, blah. And now we do it with the other ones that we also have their names for and we feel them. And so that whole time when Bambi's here, oh, when Bambi's here, should we do this? And, you know, things like that. And I truly believe that she was calling mama to rise Mm -hmm. and she was like mama you got this come on and I truly believe that there are baby souls and then there are adult souls that come into this incarnation there are people that have been here many many times you have been here many many times Luke has been here many times and then there are some people that this might be an earlier incarnation for them but for Bambi like she's been here many times she's been here many many times I truly believe that she was like in the most loving soft kind way she was like mama come on babe you got this Mm -hmm. You got this, you can do this. And there were times where I was just on my knees, sobbing, wailing, babe, like heart wrenching. And I could feel her going, mama, you got this, like you got this. And the lineage red thread work that I did with my parents was so big and I wouldn't have done it if Mm. that didn't happen. 
It's so incredible. And I love that we ended up in this, this, none of this is on the questions, but this, I love this part because it's just been the most fascinating and awe-inspiring aspect for Luke and I as well, you know, even though we're on these initial layers and steps of the overall journey, I am on a regular basis just gobsmacked at the high level and profound level of teachings and learnings that we both are already receiving and we haven't even birthed the child yet. And you know what I mean? And I'm just like, wow, if this is already happening now, I can't even imagine when we get to these other stages that we're going to talk about, like when you're, you know, toward the end of your pregnancy and, and during the birth process and all of that. So I guess let's take it back to just give a couple of practical tips if there are some soul fam members here listening to us who are wanting to prepare. And, you know, we hear this term conscious conception a lot, but even for Luke and I being in the conscious space and being consciousness teachers for many, many years, even both of us were like, what exactly does that mean? You know, we knew that we wanted to have a conscious conception, but like, is that involve a certain ritual? Like, what are we supposed to be doing here? And so I know it can go into different categories in terms of like, prepping your body, prepping your spirit and things like that. But can you give a couple of tips of the things that you did, maybe like one or two for body. And then if you guys did do like, was there a tantric ritual or a certain prayer that you did at your altar? Just a couple of the conscious conception tips. Mm, yes. And this is what we dive deep into in my new program, Holy Mama, which we'll talk about later. But this is exactly what this module is all about and what we teach on. Because there are, like you mentioned, a couple of components when it comes to conscious conception. There is the physical that we need to look at, and there is the emotional, the spiritual, the mental that we also need to look at. So there are two pillars that need to be addressed when we are consciously conceiving. And then I'll talk about the rituals and things like that. Perfect. So physically, let's talk about the physical. When you are embarking on a conscious conception journey, you want to prime your vehicle and your partner's vehicle because the healthier and the more thriving that you two are, the better. You are going to create the healthiest egg and the healthiest sperm that you possibly can. And then your body is going to create fingernails, skin, lashes, hair, arms, like bones, ligaments, like your body creates all of that stuff. So the more life force, the more juice that your body has, the better. So there are like one of the first things that both the man and the female should do. And I'm just speaking from my perspective, my husband and I, we both cleansed, we both detoxed. We did heavy metal detoxing because I had mercury in my system. We did all of our blood tests. We got our hormones, thyroid, metals. We did gut. We did all of the tests. And then once we had all of the data, and I think that's a really important piece. And I talk about this in the program. Don't just go start taking stuff if you don't actually know 
what's going on for your body, truly go and get a blood test, go and do your hormones, like know what you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And so we both did that. We did all of the tests and then we worked with a functional integrative doctor and he supported us with what we were both individually working on that involved detoxing heavy metals and things like that and healing our gut and balancing hormones and all sorts of things. So we went on that journey and that journey can take six months. It can take a year, depending on what you've got going on, but you kind of want to give yourself like at least six months of like deep detoxing and cleansing. And then you want to give yourself a bit of time to rebuild. So you're making sure you're just feeling really strong because obviously detoxing is depleting. And that in Ayurvedic terms, they talk about depleting your ojas, which is like your life force energy. So then once we've finished detoxing, we want to build up, we want to build the ojas and strengthen and like get your body into like the best shape possible. So we definitely did that. And then mentally, like emotionally, we did so much emotional prep. We looked at any fears that we had around conception or birth or pregnancy or parenting. We looked at any fears. We released the fears. We did a bit of inner child healing work. We did a bit of the red thread lineage work, but then it was kind of escalated during the 18 months, but we did do a bit before we made that decision. So we do have to look at both of those, the physical and the internal work. Yeah, I definitely agree. And and Luke and I decided to take a very similar journey. We did, I always forget the name of the brand. Luke has it on his website, but it's called the Black Box Detox. Yeah, so we got on that, which is a pretty intense, but easy protocol. We did hair testing and that revealed some really surprising things, which I want to keep flowing with you. So I won't share and get into all those nitty gritty details. Now I'll just say that I was really glad that Luke prompted me, like really urged me to do that. I'm just kind of the type of person that like, as long as I have my altar space and as long (laughs) as, you know, like I just, as long as I feel good, I just keep going through life. And I, I'm actually really grateful that I have a, a partner who's more into the biohacking part of things. And because that hair test really revealed some surprising things. I think my aluminum level was really high. And I also discovered I had this calcium shell thing that I intuited. I was like, wow, I really need to clear this calcium shell because I could tell that that was going to be an inhibitor in the birthing process. And I also did like so many different spiritual practices. I did this emotional freedom work where he could tell the practitioner could tell that like certain meridians needed to be cleared. And I needed to work with limes more like the fruit, the lime. And anyways, we went into some, some deep work and and just the preparation, but from my perspective, and I'm guessing you feel the same, like it just felt like that was a non-negotiable. And even though it was quite a bit of work, it was worth it, especially, you know, Luke's 51, I'm 43. And it's like, if we're going to do this, let's be as healthy as we can on every category of life and give our baby the best chance to be the healthiest they can be. 
Absolutely. And I did the same hair mineral analysis, which picks up the metals in your body, like you said, and my mercury was off the chart. And so anything that you don't heal or get out of your body, it gets passed down through the placenta as well. So we don't want to pass down mercury. You know, you don't want to pass down these things to our babes. So that's another reason why we want to detox our body, detox our mind and set yourself up for the best possible chance at a healthy, thriving baby. Yeah. Okay. So I want to get into the actual act that is required to create the child. I would love to know as detailed as you feel comfortable sharing, like, did you guys practice a certain type of ritual or did you engage in your acts of sex differently when you were trying to conceive than other times? Because I know for Luke and I, I was calling in, I said out a prayer for, for many years for a trusted sex guide. I'm just very discerning and particular with healers that I work with. And about three years after I sent out that prayer, this woman finally appeared. So, you know, we worked with her and we also did certain prayers at our altar. So I'm curious what you and Nick do, because I know you guys have a lot of spiritual practices. Well, when we first started, it was, yeah, there was the music and the altar and the prayer burning. Oh yeah. The prayer before we started, like deep connection before we started calling it in. Like it was a beautiful, beautiful ceremony. And then it didn't happen that first month. And so we did it again the next month. And I was like, okay, like, let's, let's do this again. Like, let's get out the candles and all of the things. And we would do it again. And then it didn't happen again. And then the third month, like we'd try again and we'd go for it. And then it got to the point where I was like, stuff this, like what is going on? Like what the hell is going on here? I am the healthiest person I know what is going on. And then in the middle of that, like it became stressful. It became about just making love. Like, no, it it became just about sex. Yeah. It became like that. And I'm not proud of that. And it was a really hard time. And then toward the end of that, it was, we were like, this is not how we want to bring our baby into the world. Like, remember what we were doing at the start, but I was so upset. I was so frustrated. My heart was breaking every month. And we had to do a lot of like work together. We had coaches, we had to really work on our relationship because it became just about that. And he was like, I feel like you just want me for my sperm, you know, like, which is really hard for him and which is totally not the case at all. I love and adore him, but he's like, that's how it was feeling. And I was like, I'm so sorry that you felt like that. Like, that's not how I want to bring a baby into the world. So this is the relationship work that we did during that 18 months, like so much stretching and expanding because it was putting a lot of pressure on our marriage and on our relationships. So we had to dive deep and we really did. We went deep and we got to this beautiful, beautiful place of surrender and trust. Mm-hmm. And I- I wasn't there. I wasn't there all those months before I was starting to really like get disheartened and think, wow, like, is this going to happen? Like, what is going on here? And we got back to that place of like deep knowing and trust and feeling and surrender. And we had a beautiful, beautiful ceremony and experience. And that was the time that she came in. 
Uh, wow. Yeah. I mean, I hope I'm not overstepping, but it's almost like I got the vision of her, of Bambi, like up in the ethers, like observing and knowing that you had to walk through those fires of getting back to, like you said, that place of ultimate trust and surrender. And once you had reached that kind of full circle journey of that long process, she was like, okay, they finally arrived back to surrender and trust. Now I can come through. That was just the vision I was getting as you were sharing that. So beautiful. So let's flow into the pregnancy part. Um, curious there, was there a main fear that you had to overcome around the pregnancy journey? Like, was it your, your body changing? Did it take a long time before you felt her move? And there was a certain point where you were nervous, like, why don't I feel her moving yet? Like, do you recall a certain area in the actual pregnancy where you had to overcome? Um, some things. Before we got pregnant, I remember thinking, well, lots of people say that their bodies change and then it's not for the better. And so there was that on my mind. Like I did think, oh, is, but it wasn't like a, a deep fear or anything, but it was, it was something that popped up like, oh, my body is going to change. And what if it doesn't go back to looking how I feel my best, even though there is no going back, there's only upgrades, but like that was before we got pregnant. But then once I got pregnant, well, I was so in love with my body so in love with my body, every part of it. I've got full goosebumps. So in love with my body, so grateful. And yes, it's changing and growing and all sorts of things, but so grateful and so in love. And then you birth and then you're like, whoa, my body is amazing. But that was like the only thing that kind of popped up during the pregnancy. And yeah, I was, I was just so grateful. I had a beautiful pregnancy and I was so grateful to be pregnant. And we talk about this in the program. Like I still experienced things that a lot of people experience. I still felt nauseous. My nose would bleed a lot during the first trimester. Like these are random things that happen in pregnancy. I would get reoccurring UTIs, which again was something that's quite common during pregnancy. There's multiple things that happen, but to be honest, I fully had forgotten about those things. It wasn't until I was writing the content for Holy Mama and going back and looking at my notes. I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, that's right. My nose was bleeding a lot. Oh, that's right. You know, because there was so, there's just so much gratitude. There's so much gratitude because I was there. And I truly believe that we can have a beautiful, blissful pregnancy. And a big part of that is your mindset, which I teach in the program. Amazing. Okay. So I was curious uh, when I was formulating these questions, because this is an area that Luke and I have had to discuss a lot. Were you and Nick instantly and easily on the same vision trajectory in terms of the game plan that you wanted to have in terms of, I want a doula and a midwife and, and Nick only wanted a midwife. And, and I know the flow of this journey is about, I mean, at least for me so far, it's about 
about literally just tuning in present moment by present moment. Like, where do I feel guided in this moment? And, and I know the vision that one can set for, okay, my ideal, if I could pick an ideal birthing vision, it would be this. And while I might have that, I'm also totally open to it looking totally different if it needs to, I'm not attached to that. But I was just curious if you and Nick seem to have like the same viewpoints and opinions on the care that you guys wanted to have. And if you wanted a home birth or did you guys have some, some things to work through with that? Yes. Such a great question. And we address this in the program because it's quite, I hear this a lot where couples are not on the same page and that's tricky, right? Because my goal and with the program is I want every woman to feel empowered in their birth. What does that look like for each person? Completely different. Yeah. Completely different. That might be birthing in a hospital for some person and that might be birthing in nature for someone else. It doesn't matter as long as that woman feels empowered. Mm -hmm. That is what I want because then if women feel empowered and their power hasn't been taken away from them, they will have a very different birthing experience. They'll have a very different experience of motherhood because it starts empowered, right? So I just wanted to say that first. And then secondly, yes, Nick and I were absolutely 100% on the same page. With his son, his ex-wife had a scheduled cesarean. So he had a completely different experience with Leo. We had a home birth in the water with a midwife and a doula. So he's had the complete opposite experience, but never once did he say, I think we should. No, we were both so aligned with the vision, with what we wanted. And I'm so grateful that he was very involved. He came with me to every appointment. He was there with all of the decision-making and it makes it so much more fun when you're both there and you're both making the decisions together and going to your appointments together. It's just so beautiful. And I'm so grateful that he was there with me each appointment and that we were on the same page. And I, I literally heard this last weekend, a girl that I met just randomly, she was telling me how I had inspired her with my program, Holy Mama. And she said, I really wanted a home birth. I really, really wanted it, but my husband didn't want to. And I was like, but is, is he birthing the baby or are you birthing the baby? Yes, I know. It's like, you're both there, but who's pushing it out of the vagina? And I said, but what about what you wanted? And she was like, oh no, but you know, and then my parents were really concerned and they didn't want it. They said it was dangerous and this and that. And so, you know, I didn't get to have the birth that I wanted because I listened to what they wanted and she didn't feel empowered and she didn't have the birth that she truly desired. And my heart was just like, but baby girl, like, what do you want? Did you even consider what you wanted? Like, did, did that even come into the equation? Or was it just, no, my partner said, no, it's dangerous. We're having a hospital birth. Like where was the conscious communication there? There's two people in this and you're the one doing it. So where do you feel the most safe and secure and private? And we talk all about these keys to an empowered birth. And one of them is the mother needs to feel safe. She needs to feel secure 
privacy is really important. All of these things that I go into in the program. And I said, did you feel safe? Did you feel secure? Did you feel private? She says, how, how, when there's like 15 people in the room and like, you know, all of these things. And she goes, next one, I'll do it my way. And I was like, well, you just have a conscious conversation with your partner. And, you know, there would have been a lot of growth in that for them too, as a partnership. But I hear that a lot. I do too. And my heart is really expanding, knowing that you made sure that specifically this area that we're diving into is covered in the Holy Mama program, because I noticed I did one random Instagram story just sharing at a place in town here called Alive and Well that Luke and I go to all the time. It's like a wellness center. And I was just doing a story about my time there and, you know, a supplement that I was getting. And I learned very quickly that a lot of people get very excited about imparting their feelings on how you should walk your own pregnancy and birthing journey. And I learned quickly that I would just be very slow in determining how much I want to share and with who and in what dosing, because it really does take, I think, someone bravery and courage and um, who trusts your own intuition and own inner navigational system to be able to ride the waves when maybe parents or your own partner have such different viewpoints on what the quote unquote correct journey should, should look like. So I'm so glad that you walk people through whatever those practices are or those keys are to make sure that the mama is taking the steps needed for her to feel empowered. I'm so glad that that's included. A hundred percent. And just wanted to touch on something that you said, and that is one of the reasons why I didn't share about my conception journey during that 18 months, because I didn't want anyone else's opinion. I didn't want people to say to me, you should try this. Have you done this? Like people love to give their opinion. And that's another reason why I didn't share anything. And, And I tend to kind of share things once I'm on the other side, that feels more in alignment for me. But I know some people share whilst they're going through it. And I think that's very brave. But I just, that's another reason why I didn't want to share because everyone loves to give their opinion. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So before we flow into a little bit about a postpartum tip that you might have, the last little question in the section of, of giving birth, if you and Nick decide to have another child, do you feel you would kind of have the same vision of having a doula and a midwife and optimally having another home birth? 1000%. I will have the same midwife and the same doula. And we had a friend of ours who is a photographer and videographer. We had her there as well. So there was Nick and I, and then there was my doula, my midwife, and the photographer, videographer. So I will have the same team. I think, yeah, it was just, they were everything, everything. And you go through so much with them on that day. And then as well afterwards, like the processing and things like that. So I will definitely do the same thing. We are not in that house that we birthed in, which was really sad for us when we sold it because I birthed there. So it'll be a different house, but definitely at home with the pool and the same team for sure. 
Got it. And then postpartum has always been pretty intriguing. And before we get into more of the specifics about the Holy Mama program and and how people can enroll and and be a part of that, I want to do a little bit postpartum. And then I don't want to skip over the conscious parenting part because do you know Christine Hassler? I'm I'm guessing you do. So she's a dear sister. We both live near each other here in Texas. And I feel she'd be totally fine with me sharing this. Otherwise I wouldn't. But, you know, she has a little baby girl and Luke and I visit her and Steph quite a bit. And I'll never forget her saying to me, you know, the one thing that I might do differently is I was so excited and passionate about learning about pregnancy and learning about birth that I kind of didn't do any studying about the actual parenting part, like what actually happens once you have the child, you know, just practical things there. And I thought there was just a massive light bulb that went off for me and where I could see the tendency of, of many women having going in that direction. And I could see that maybe even myself going in that direction of like, you get so focused on having a healthy pregnancy that you don't kind of track ahead a little bit. So I definitely want to hear from you some conscious parenting tips, but with postpartum, I guess we can touch lightly in this. Did you do a sacred 40 days? Like what was that journey like? Yes, I see this a lot, babe, where they plan for the pregnancy and they plan for the birth and then completely forget about what comes after the baby has arrived. This is why this has a whole module in the program because it is imperative. And we've got steps of how you can create a beautiful, blissful 40-day postpartum period and beyond because postpartum just doesn't end after 40 days. I'm still in it. You're in it forever, you know? So it's, you are never the same, never the same. You've gone from maiden to mother in matrescence. It's, It's a lifelong journey. And so I feel very passionate about helping people set themselves up for a thriving postpartum experience. I had the most beautiful 40-day lying-in period. And in a lot of cultures around the world, they do this sacred lying-in period, they call it. Some people call it quarantine, although that word for me is like, "Mm, I don't really want to call it quarantine. I prefer the 40-day lying-in period. There's some beautiful books out there on the 40-day period. And it's such an incredible time for obviously the mother to heal and also for the mother and the baby to bond, to learn how to breastfeed. That 40 days is ideally a time where you are just going so slow, where if you can, you know, you're not working. If you can, you're not doing strenuous cleaning around the house. Literally in an ideal world, and what a lot of cultures do around the world is the mother and the baby is in bed all day. And all of the aunts and the cousins and the grandparents and everyone, is like just there to support and serve the mother and the baby, to bring her food, to massage her feet, to hold the baby while she has a shower, whatever it is. And Dr. Oscar Salaras, who was on my podcast, who is in the program, he is incredible. He wrote the postnatal depletion cure. And he said something to me that has just stuck with me. And he said to me, Melissa, if we as a community are not treating a mother who's just had a baby like a queen, then we are not doing it right. And I was like, whoa, okay. So now if 
anyone in my community I know has a baby, I am dropping off food. Like even if I don't know them that well, I'm dropping off food. I'm like, how can I support you? What can I, anything, dropping off clothes, doing things for them. So it's really important that we set ourselves up. And I know this isn't the case for a lot of people. I know some people have to go back to work. I know some people have two or three or four other children that they need to look after. And if that is you, you've got to get even more intentional. You have to master your inner mean girl, as I say, because she would tell you that you can't ask for help. You need to do this on your own. No one wants to help you. Everyone's busy. Don't bother. Don't bother Susie. Don't bother Christine. That is what your inner mean girl will say to you, but you need to master that and you need to plan for your postpartum before the baby comes. Literally have a list and go through it and tick it off. We've got a list in the program and I'll just share a couple of things that you can do, but one of the biggest things that you need to do is ask for support. So are you going to have one of the gifts I gave myself postpartum was we got a cleaner. We hadn't had a cleaner. We got a cleaner. That was my gift to myself. I just wanted someone to come in and clean my house. And she was there for two hours a week. I think actually an hour and a half a week. And it was, I don't know, like $50 and she cleaned my house. And that was such a gift for me. So asking for support, a couple of friends of mine created a list of things that needed to be done around the house. And whenever anyone came over, they said, oh, would you mind doing something off that list? So unstacking the dishwasher, folding the washing, putting the load of washing on, you can do something like that. And then the next thing that is really important is setting up some form of meal train. There's an incredible website called mealtrain.com. It's a free website. And basically what that is, is a free website where all of your friends and family can jump on and pick the day where they're going to make you a meal and drop it to your house. And that's what I did. And I had four weeks of the most restaurant quality Michelin star, Ayurvedic, organic, plant-based meals delivered to my door with love notes and handwritten cards. And it was just the most beautiful thing. Like I said, please, like, I don't need any presents. I don't need anything, but one way that you can contribute is jumping on the meal train and people were so happy to do that. So that is so important because during that time, you need to nourish your body. Like you are breastfeeding, you have just given birth. Nourishing your body is so important, but you don't want to you know, be spending a long time in the kitchen, standing up, making a beautiful Ayurvedic dal or curry or kitchery or something. Not that they take a long time, but you just want to be resting. You want that to be delivered to you by your partner or a friend or someone like that. So that is essential that you organize some form of food meal train, or if you don't want to do that whilst you're pregnant, make lots of different foods and put them in your freezer and have a curry in the freezer, have a whole bunch of different things in the freezer ready to go. So once the baby comes, you've got weeks worth of food, depending how big your freezer is. Yeah. Yeah. I've been so grateful to be in the community here in the Austin area, because it just so happens there's tons of amazing conscious mamas and conscious families. And so in the year and a half since Luke and I moved here, I've been able to witness already a number of women get pregnant, give birth, give birth to their second or third child and go through the the sacred 40 days. And I've been able to be a part of dropping the meals off to Christine and, and other people and to witness the reclamation of this process for 
for women, because like you said, you know, historically, traditionally, back when we were living more in these supportive village type ways, which we've gotten so far away from, I'm just glad that at least in some aspect, we're returning to that village mentality, because I do think that it's so important. And yeah, once upon a time, we did have the aunties and the grandmas and the friends who would be able to come and support in any way. And so it just, it feels right to my heart and soul that a lot of us are having these conversations and actually embodying it and doing it and getting us back to this way of life and back to honoring the woman and the child. I mean, always, but especially in those sacred 40 days. So, okay. So let's get into the last little area here. Just a couple of conscious parenting tips. Let's see what I have here. Cause there was something I really wanted to know. Oh, I was curious, you know, of all the baby stuff, there's just so much baby stuff. I'm like, okay, what does Melissa actually use? Like what are three baby things that you're like, oh my gosh, we couldn't do without this? Because there's so much stuff. (laughs) Oh my gosh. If you follow me on social media, you'll know that my husband and I are minimalists. Like if you've seen photos of our house, we are minimalists. We, our style is like Italian Zen minimalism. And so we didn't actually buy a lot of things prior. Her room was bare. It was still our yoga room and meditation room because we were like, let's just buy what we need when we actually need it. Of course, we had the car seat capsule thing. We had a pram which those two things are definitely essential. And if you can get the, you know, a really good quality, that's really important. But everything else, like we kind of just bought as we went along, but there are, and this is all in the program because people know that I'm not the type of person. There's people on YouTube that are like baby essentials. And there's literally like 50 things. And I'm like, no, I want 10. Like, I don't want stuff. It's so overwhelming. It's so overwhelming. Like, do you know how many months? Muslim wraps I got sent, which I'm so grateful, but like really two or three is enough. I didn't need 20. Mm. So it's really interesting. There's so much and there's like, you must get this and you must get that. But I'll tell you a couple of things that I share in the program that were really supportive for us, a baby carrier. So we had one called the Artie Pop. It's an amazing baby carrier. And I had so many and I borrowed ones from friends to try them as well once she was here because everyone's back and body is different. Like some people like the sling, some people like the material ones. The Artie Pop is a bit more sturdy. So that was a game changer. Like I still use that every day because my upper back and my shoulders get really sore from carrying her up and down to the beach. So I use that. So a baby carrier, a breastfeeding chair. Mm, Yeah. You got to be comfy. You spend a lot of time there, right? (laughs) Babe. And I didn't have a breastfeeding chair. I was like, I'll just sit on the couch and I'll just sit up in bed. No, your back is not supported properly. You end up in this deep C position. I did so much damage to my shoulder, to my upper back, to my wrists, to my elbows, because you're constantly looking down. You need a pillow under your arm. Like there's so many things. So definitely a breastfeeding chair, a comfortable breastfeeding chair. I still use mine every day and I love it. And it's in her 
her room and I'll use that for all of the babies. And obviously you need things like clothes, but we in our community, and you would probably be able to do this in your community, we do a lot of hand-me-downs. I very rarely have to buy clothes for Bambi and shoes. Like we're constantly just passing around from one baby to the next, constantly passing around. Nothing goes to waste. Like we are just It's such a beautiful thing and I highly recommend that with anything baby related that you don't think you're going to need for the next one, pass it on, pass it on and it will come back as well. So always ask your community first. I did not buy a breast pump, but I used one at the start. I just borrowed a friend's. There's little things like that. Oh, one other thing. There's this thing called the hucker. Have you heard of it? No. Okay. It's a game changer. So especially at the start, it is this little suction device that you stick on your boob whilst the baby is breastfeeding on the other boob and it catches all the milk in the other boob. So I would have like this much just in, that's just from the letdown, like not, not pumping, like just being caught because at the start, you've got so much milk coming in. The other boob is just like dripping like a fountain. And most people just like would catch it in a towel and then it's gone to waste, but catch it. And I was able to freeze it and I was able to gift it to a lot of mamas who couldn't breastfeed. So my freezer was full of beautiful breast milk, especially colostrum at the start. I kept some, and then I had so much from those early days. I was able to offer a lot to four different mothers. Wow. These are helpful. I'm definitely taking note and we'll circle back (laughs) to this list. Very excited for all of this. So I Okay. I mean, now let's share some of the details about the Holy Mama program, because if I were listening at this point, I'd definitely be like, I want to learn all of these things and all the rest that you're going to have and all these modules. So you can share what the Holy Mama program is. Obviously we can tell what inspired you to create it, your own journey. And yeah, just a little bit more about what's inside the program. Okay, absolutely. So the program is broken up into four areas, the conscious conception, then the pregnancy, and then birth and postpartum. And then the fourth area is conscious parenting, which we haven't had time to dive into today. I know. But it's broken up into those four areas. And each one of those, I deliver my teachings on those. And then you also get a Q&A with me. But then I've brought in 20 of the world's best guest experts to deliver content under each of those modules as well. So we have some of the best of the best inside the program and you can check that all out with your special link that we will put in the show notes. But did you want to tell everyone what your link is? Yeah, you can learn about all these details. You can just go to alisoncharles.com and for those of you who've been listening, or I guess for anyone, I people forget Allison is spelled a little uniquely. It's A-L-Y, A-L-Y-S-O-N. So allisoncharles.com backslash holy mama. And that's W-H-O-L-Y-M-A-M-A. So allisoncharles.com backslash holy mama. 
You'll be able to read all about all of the details. It officially starts today. Today's the big day. And then doors are going to close on November 4th, right? Yes. Doors are closing November 4th. It's a live program. So you get me live throughout the whole program, which is amazing. And there is an opportunity if you want to upgrade to become a VIP mama. And so what that is, this is after the program, you get five guest experts that a lot of them don't even see clients anymore. So Dr. Oscar, who I mentioned before, who wrote the postnatal depletion cure, Dr. Stephen Cabral, Dr. Cleopatra. I love her. I was so excited when I saw her on your roster. She's such a true queen. Luke and I love her so much. Oh yeah. And then there's Dr. Sarah Buckley who wrote Gentle Birthing, Gentle Mothering. And then there's also... Deborah Pascali Bonero, who created the documentary Orgasmic Birth. So oh. we have these five experts as part of the VIP mama, and you have the opportunity to get your questions answered by them, which is just like next level because they don't even see a lot of them, don't even see clients one-on-one anymore. So it's such an incredible opportunity. Mm. So like Allison said, you can go to alisonchiles.com forward slash holy mama and All of the information is there and I would just love to see you guys in the inside. Yeah, it's really exciting. I can't wait to dive into it. And I just feel like even if becoming a mom or a dad, it feels a little bit down the horizon. I personally, even if it's something you feel clear that it's a yes at some point, but it's maybe not right in this present moment, I would still invite you to tune in and see if this resonates to join because you'll be able to just learn so much and start to get guided into those layers that we started our conversation with of unexpected learnings and ways of expansion. And I guarantee, I mean, there's probably going to be countless light bulbs that go off. So whether you're currently wanting to try currently pregnant, or if it's on the horizon, I still feel like it's just the perfect program for wherever you're at. So I'm excited for it. I'll of course, put all the information in the show notes. I'll put all the information in the Instagram post. Yeah. And so thank you for your honest share, Melissa, because you know, this is a very present topic for me. And the interviews that I'm finding, I get most excited and passionate about are, you know, like the conversation you and I had, where it's an opportunity for me to really learn. And it's, it's not subject matter that I'm super well-versed in. And I learned a lot today, thanks to your honesty. And I'm sure I'm going to learn a ton more in the Holy Mama program. So do you feel open to like a quick closing prayer? Does that feel good? And then we'll close, close this episode out. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Everyone close your eyes and let's take a really deep, juicy breath in and exhale. And just slightly turning up the corners of your mouth and giving yourself a little smile. I just want to remind you that You are exactly where you are supposed to be. Whatever you are experiencing now is for your growth and for your evolution. And on the other side is an upgraded version of yourself. 
And just remember that you are worthy of the baby that you desire or babies. You are worthy of that. Your body is ready. You are healthy. You are thriving. You are amazing. We can take all of this wisdom and move through it with joy, love, play, excitement, fun, and not forget to come back to that. So if you are wanting to call in your baby, don't lose hope. If you are pregnant, talk to that baby and enjoy the process. If you are about to birth, you can do this. Billions of people have done it before you. You can do it. And if you are already a parent, you're doing a great job. Your baby chose you for who you are. You are amazing. You are worthy. You are love. Take a deep breath in and exhale. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes. Wow, that was such a beautiful space you created. Thank you. Such medicinal reminders and affirmations. I was letting them circulate all throughout my entire being. And just thank you for being who you are. You're such a light in the world. And you, you know, you're so generous with so much. And thank you for being generous with your time and wisdom and energy today. And everyone, don't forget to check out the Holy Mama program, allisoncharles.com slash holy mama. Dive in, see if it resonates. Join Melissa and all these world-renowned experts. All right. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you for having me. This was a pleasure. Likewise. And thanks for joining us, Soul Fam. We'll sit with you again next time. Woo-wee. What a powerful voyage that was. It is always so fun and such an honor to share space with these beautiful beings willing to generously share their time, wisdom, and energy so we can have the opportunity to enrich our own lives. And we will always share each epic guest's links and contact info in the show notes that are on my website, alisoncharles.com, and also in my weekly Ceremony Circle podcast Instagram posts at I am Allison Charles. So it makes it easy for you to connect more deeply with them. And fam, you know by now all the heart I put into creating this show. And I would love to be able to continue providing this free content for a long, long time to come. And what would be most supportive in me being able to do that is if you have ever felt you've gained anything positive at all from listening to a Ceremony Circle podcast episode, if it's brightened your day, if it's given you clarity or insights you've been waiting for, if you felt a healing shift during one of the closing ceremony practices, anything at all, 
If you can just stay on whatever platform you're now listening to this show and simply go to the rating and review section and share even one reason why you're grateful for Ceremony Circle Podcast. Sacred reciprocity is a big deal and I deeply appreciate you giving back to me so I can keep creating and providing. Sending you so much love. This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only, and my intention is not to provide medical advice or diagnosis. You should always consult a health professional before making drastic changes to your diet or lifestyle.